Hello and welcome to another edition of Wellbeing. It was recently announced in the media that following research, it's been found that older men are just as likely to suffer fractures as women. Talking to me today about the findings is the leading author of the research from the Sydney's Garvin Institute of Medical Research, Dr Jacqueline Centre. Dr Centre, thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Iris. Before we start on the findings of the study, will you explain to me about osteoporosis, what it is and what's happening or not happening within the body to cause this condition? Osteoporosis essentially means a weakening of the bones so that it's something you don't know is happening and you only really know you have it once your bone has broken. But it essentially means that the bone is weaker and therefore more likely to break than a stronger bone. And one should suspect osteoporosis if you have, if you break a bone after a simple fall, such as a trip or a slip in the street, on an occasion where you really wouldn't expect to break a bone. That's where you'd think, maybe my bones are thinner. I should have them investigated. So something like um, if you trip over and put your hands down to save yourself that you could break a wrist or something. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. And it really is any bone. It's not often people think about osteoporosis and hip fractures, but any, any fracture that occurs after a simple fall or a trip uh, could be associated with osteoporosis. So in general, we're not talking about fractures that occur if you fall off the top of a ladder, for instance. So it's something that's fairly simple. Yes. Apart from having some sort of test, how does a person know whether they have osteoporosis or not? Well, they really don't know. It's a little bit like high blood pressure. You don't really know you have high blood pressure until you have the consequences of it like a stroke, for instance. But people tend to look for high blood pressure. So often when you go to your doctor, you'll have your blood pressure measured. Mm. With osteoporosis, you don't know you have it until you've had a fracture. Is there any sort of test that can be done prior to um, having a fall as a general examination to find out whether it's there or not? Well, the, the best test is really a bone density scan. And that's not an inexpensive test, uh, but it's a very simple test. There's no, virtually no radiation involved or only minimal radiation, the amount that occurs as we get walking down the streets. Um, but it's not necessarily something that's recommended for everyone at any age. However, there's certain things that might, may make someone think they might be more likely to have osteoporosis. For instance, if there's a family history of fractures or osteoporosis, then, in other words, your mother or father or brother or sister have had uh, fractures then or breaks, then you might be more likely to have osteoporosis. Is there anything that can be done to avoid the condition? Well, uh, there's a number of lifestyle factors that you can certainly do to make the make it less likely uh, that you may have it and make and help your bones. For instance, 
Uh, smoking is bad, so you shouldn't smoke. Heavy alcohol intake is also bad for the bones. So not drinking too much, having a safe amount of alcohol. Um, regular weight-bearing exercise is good. And a good dietary calcium intake is also important. And most people with Western diets tend not to have enough calcium in the diet. So you need for a postmenopausal woman, in other words, a woman over the age of 50 generally, you need about 1,200 milligrams of calcium, which is about three to four serves of calcium. And one serve of calcium is a full glass of milk or a 200-milligram tub of yogurt uh, or a couple of slices of uh, yellow cheese. So it's quite not easy to get three or four serves in a day and the majority of people don't have enough calcium in their diet. The other thing that's important is a, an adequate vitamin D level. You get vitamin D from sunlight and you need about 20 minutes exposure a day of your face and arms in the early morning or the late afternoon, avoiding the uh, peak heat period of the day, so between 11 and 3 in daylight saving hours, uh, to get adequate vitamin D. And now with everyone being very conscious, as we should be, of skin cancers and uh, often covering up, we find that often vitamin D levels are low. So all of these things are some general measures that people can do to help uh, keep their bones strong. Does using cancer sunscreens um, lessen the amount of vitamin D that comes in from the sun rays? Well, it, 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 um, it does lessen the exposure to the sun and therefore limit, limit the amount of... Um, vitamin D that you get so uh, but that's also it's, it's, a, it's a balance I guess and I'm not advocating that anyone stop using sunscreens by any means but it's something that uh, and it's, it's very easy to take a supplement of vitamin D if you need to and in general you know the majority of people who are active and out and about have reasonable vitamin D levels but for elderly people, for those who are inside a lot, certainly for people who are in nursing homes or those who've been uh, sick, say, uh, and don't get much sun exposure, mobility might be limited, they're people whom we need to think uh, whether they have adequate sunlight exposure. Up until now, it's been generally thought that the warnings of the condition um, has been in men, in women. How long has it sort of been? Have you been aware that the older men are also come into the equation? Well, we've actually been aware that men get affected by osteoporosis for quite some time, but it is not a public perception that men get affected by osteoporosis. So we've known for some time that out of every three fractures that occur. Two will occur in a woman and one occurs in a man. That's mm -hmm. the first fracture. So uh, although osteoporosis is more common in women than men, it certainly is, it certainly uh, men are affected by it. How many people do you reckon are affected by it in, in Australia? 
estimated that there's over 2 million people in Australia affected from osteoporosis. No, I, yeah. quite a high percentage. It's a lot of people, isn't it? It's a lot of people, mm. yes. Does this figure change much from year to year? Um, look, I think the, the, the figure is increasing as the population is ageing. So that's probably the major impact uh, of an increasing prevalence of osteoporosis is with the ageing population. Mm. Mm. I understand that you conducted the study with the people of Dubbo. Why did you pick Dubbo? Dubbo was chosen uh, as it is a fairly isolated community. In, in isolated, I mean that the people who live in the area tend to stay in the area and not travel away much, say like Sydney, for instance, where you've got a lot of people coming and leaving the area, mm-hmm. so that it's uh, reasonably easy to capture the population and continue to follow them up. It also has a centralised health service, so that we are able to capture all the fractures that occur in Dubbo. And the other reason was when the study started in 1989, it was uh, found that the age structure of the double population was very similar to the age structure of the Australian population. So it made it a very mm. um, sensible uh, population to study. And you said it started in 1998. But 1989. Sorry, 1989. Um, and how many people have taken part in that time? Well, the, the study has been collecting more and people, but in the initial uh, group of people, there are about 3,000 men and women taking part in the study. So these are men and women all over the age of 60, and we had about 60, 65% of the double population over the age of 60. You're listening, we're, sorry. I was just saying, we're, we're starting to recruit younger members now, uh, to extend the study. So your, the study is still ongoing? De- definitely the study is still ongoing, yes. Dr Jackie Centre is my guest today and we're talking about the research finding recently released in the incidence of osteoporosis in older men. Dr Centre, will you explain the consequence of events that lead to men needing to ha- be more aware of the condition? Certainly. Our recent research from the Dubbo Osteoporosis Study shows that men really need to pay attention and seek treatment for osteoporosis. So that while women are initially twice as likely as men to have their first fracture, what our study showed was that once that first break occurs, the risk of a second fracture increases substantially and the protective effects of being a man disappear altogether so that around one in three men or women will have a second broken bone within just a few years after the first one. Are fractures more common in women than men? Fractures are more common in women than men. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, out of every three fractures, about two will occur mm. in a woman and one occurs in a man. But the critical importance of this study was that once that first fracture has occurred, although the initial risk was lower in a man, once they've had that first fracture, their risk of a second increases about four times. Mm. 
so that they're much more likely to have a second fracture and in fact just as likely as women to have a second fracture once mm. that first one has occurred. And you mentioned earlier that it doesn't necessarily have to be a fracture of the hip. Is that the, probably the second most common fracture that occurs in older people? The hip fractures tend to uh, occur more commonly in, in, much, in older, older people, so in those over 75. But we're still talking about fractures that occur in anyone over the age of 60. And there's uh, a number of other fractures that are also very common. Fractures of the spine are common. Wrist fractures are common. Shoulder fractures are common. Um, other fractures of the lower leg or the arm are still common. So there's lots of other fractures that occur other than just hip fractures. Mm. Thinking back years ago, one of the most common fractures was from people not wearing shoes and stubbing their toe and, and fracturing toes and things. Would something like this also um, set off the, the chain of events? Well, we didn't actually count in the study fractures of the toes and of the fingers because they're, as you say, stubbing toes is something that is probably not quite the same as a fracture that occurs after a fall. Mm. Mm. How long after the first one does it become significant that there's a relationship between the first one and any subsequent events? Oh, it occurs very soon after, so that the majority of the second fractures occur within the first few years, and certainly within the first five years. But the risk of an increased fracture lasts for perhaps even up to 10 years. But it can occur very fast, so that even within the first two years, uh, there is a very high risk of having another fracture. So the important thing here is that People need to think, once they've had that first fracture, they need to think, could they have osteoporosis? Uh, they should talk to their GP, their doctor, about the fact that they've had a fracture and then be investigated appropriately for osteoporosis mm. and given treatment. If they go and have a test and after the fracture has occurred, um, does that test um, make any difference to the follow-up of the patient? Yes, it does make a difference because what tends to happen is people get the fracture treated. So whether they need surgery or whether they need a plaster or whatever it takes to get the bones set, they get that done and then they think, fine, I've had that fixed and that's the end of the story. Well, what we have to try and uh, get across to people and to doctors is that that is not the end of the story, that these people, the fracture is a signal that these people may have weaker bones and they should have a test to see if they've got weaker bones. That's a bone density scan. It's a very simple test. It's Medicare rebatable once they've had their first fracture. And if they have weaker bones, then there are a lot of good treatments around that can decrease the risk of another fracture by up to a half. That makes a big difference, doesn't it? It does make a difference. And currently, people are being... This, this follow-up after a fracture is not being done well so that we know that less than a third of women are being treated with medication for weak bones after a fracture and less than 10% of men. The poor old men are really dragging behind, aren't they? 
They are, because people don't think of osteoporosis as mm. affecting men. Mm. What sort of costs to the nation are we talking about in the course of the year um, due to people having fractures? We're talking about $7 billion a year or $20 million a day. So it is a huge cost. And if the test, if there were a set guideline for the test to be done and there was some sort of preventative measures, would this make a difference to that cost? I think it would make a difference to the cost because we would be preventing a lot of the second fractures. And the, the costs associated with fractures not only include the actual hospital costs if they need surgery, but they include days off work, they include, and, and, a lot, and some of these costs aren't being figured into it, carers' costs for people who are unable to uh, look after themselves, particularly elderly people. There's costs with some of the more major fractures like hip fractures. Uh, there's a high proportion of people who end up in nursing homes and can't look after themselves. So there is a huge ongoing cost that is probably not even being accounted for in all of these, in these costs. And we haven't even talked about the personal cost and the impact on quality of life that occurs after fractures. So mobility is affected, people's confidence can be affected, people are worried about having another fall and scared to go out. It's been associated with depression and it can also increase the risk of premature death. Well, they were the qu questions that I'd like to go into a bit further. Um, but you're listening to Wellbeing and I'm Iris Nichols and I'm talking today with Dr. Jackie Centre about the incidences of osteoporosis in men. Dr. Centre, where do you go to from, you know, where do you go from here? What what do you hope to do in the way of research? Will it continue? Definitely the research will continue because the study has been going on since 1989. It is a unique study in that it has men and women uh, being followed for such a long period of time. It's one of the longest studies in the world. And uh, we actually have had uh, difficulties with funding, so we're, we're seeking uh, funding for ongoing uh, for, the, for the study to be ongoing, but we are all committed to its uh, continuation because there's still a lot of questions that can be asked about osteoporosis and what happens after a fracture. In particular, we are really interested in trying to find out those people who will do well after a fracture as opposed to those people who don't do well. If we can find those factors that make some people do okay, whereas some people really don't do okay, they have another fracture and they have an early death. Mm. It, are you starting to get about. signs and some idea of this? We're certainly, we're starting to look into that now, mm. yes. Mm. We, because these people have been followed up for a long time and we have a lot of measures of bone density, we know about a lot of their lifestyle, effects, uh, lifestyle factors, we can look into this question. Apart from using the, the media, how are you planning to get the message across to the men? Well, the media is a big way to get it across and it was uh, very uh, opportune that this uh, research finding made it into a, uh, a well-recognised international journal so that there's been a lot of international press about it, which is, is great for getting the story across. We're also 
spend quite a lot of time talking to general practitioners because they're really the first line people to see uh, people who've had a fracture. And we're hoping that, you know, gradually people will get the message that fractures are important and need to be dealt with. Some of the other work that we have done really shows that people need to to think that they could be at risk of osteoporosis because that's what's going to make them talk to their GP about it. Do you think it would be hard to convince the men that they're at risk? I think it is hard to convince uh, men that they're at risk, yes. And um, I'm hoping that a lot of women will be listening to this as well because they might be able to talk to their husbands and say, well, maybe they should be talking to their doctor about it and it's not just the women that need to talk to the doctor about it. Mm. You mentioned earlier about the um, obvious problems of loss of mobility um, and certainly the inconvenience that can lead to um, other medical problems like depression. What's being done about that side of it? Well, uh, there is certainly research and uh, into, you know, what are some of the factors that occur after a fracture and I think it's only been relatively recently recognised that other fractures apart from hip fractures can also lead to loss of mobility and can have long-term pain and disability. I think previously people focused on hip fractures as being the major fracture and none of the other fractures were really that important. So so that's, that's important. Um, and these these uh, disabilities, you know, do mm. do get treated and have to be treated in their own right. But obviously the best thing is to try and prevent that fracture. Mm. How great is the risk of people dying from the result of a, from a hip fra- fracture? Well, a hip fracture, there's been estimates that within the first year up to 20 to perhaps even 30% of people can die after a fracture. Um, with other fractures, it's not as high, but we have still found that after, certainly after all major fractures, so I'm not talking necessarily about wrist fractures or foot fractures, but upper arm fractures, uh, fractures of the spine, there's an increased risk of death that's about two times that of what you would normally expect for someone of that age. So there's a significant uh, increased risk of death after Mm. a lot of fractures. Does it take longer for fractures to heal if a patient has osteoporosis? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Fractures will heal uh, generally six to eight weeks is the time it takes for a fracture to heal. Mm. And it doesn't matter whether they have thinner bones or not in general. Does it... um is it ever too late to do something about prevention of osteoporosis? I mean, do we need to start, um, say, at the 30, 40 years old, or is it something we can sort of consciously take up um, the idea of getting more vitamin C and, and D into us? Yeah, well, uh, certainly it is never too late to treat osteoporosis. I think that's something that people have thought of, well, this person's old, you know, what's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not, is it worth treating them? That's never too late because the medications can work and we can prevent a second fracture in, in older people as well. So that's, that's the first point. The second point 
is, it's, I guess it's never too young to think about prevention either. And certainly um, adequate uh, weight-bearing exercise, adequate dietary calcium intake, um, a reasonable sun exposure, again, not in mm. the middle of the day, but in the early morning or the late afternoon. And for most people who are healthy, they get, you know, that that's, mm. they get it anyway. But that is certainly um, important to think about. Uh, with so, there's some other things with women. It's important that they have, for younger women anyway, regular periods so that with um, anorexia, for instance, where women get very thin and don't have periods, uh, that's a risk for osteoporosis because you need adequate estrogen. Uh, so there's a number of other medical illnesses that can be associated with osteoporosis and if you have any of those or if it, and that's something that most doctors will know about it will be suspected as well things like malabsorption where you uh, don't absorb all the food uh, as I mentioned before mm. not enough um, estrogen with not having periods so there's all of those need to be treated if our listeners wanted to find out more about the condition, how can they go about it? Well, there's, uh, if they, I guess the, the first person is, is probably to talk about would be their doctor, mm. their local doctor. Um, Osteoporosis Australia is a community-based uh, um, organisation that deals with people with osteoporosis and without osteoporosis. And if you go on to, if you Google them, um, Osteoporosis Australia, uh, they will provide good information. They have a newsletter and uh, they have a lot of information about osteoporosis. And that applies to all the states around, uh, around Australia? Yes. Dr. Centre, thank you very much for talking to me today. That's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. My guest has been Dr. Jacqueline Centre from the Garvin Institute of Medical Research in Sydney. I'll be back again next week with another edition of Wellbeing, but in the meantime, thank you for listening, and from all of us here, we wish you well.